Welcome to the Mile High Podcast. We are your guides through sordid tales of pop culture, drugs, and saying the word fuck a lot. Our show is best experienced under the influence of cannabis. So now is your cue to light up. Now remember, drugs are dangerous, so please don't hurt yourself or your loved ones. But do subscribe. Hello, everybody. I am James Thomas, as you all know me. Uh, this is the My Life Podcast. We are about to do a show. Uh, but before we begin today's show, we do need to address what's going on in our country. The Mile High Podcast has strived to keep political discussions out of our conversations. On Memorial Day, though, when police took the life of George Floyd while handcuffed and detained, that became more impossible. As curfews go up around the country today and our cities burn in the nights, the ability to be silent is a luxury that we don't have. People are scared, they're hurting, and they're angry. Oppressed voices are striving to be heard even though those cries historically have fallen on deaf ears, regardless if they had said black life matter or I can't breathe. In times like these, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that we are all uniquely different and wonderful in our own ways. And that there are things that bond us. There are things that we share. Our love of our families, our desires to leave our children a better world than the one that was given to us. And one thing many of us do share is our love of weed. One of the first discussions that we had on what this show was going to be was that it was an escape from the realities of the outside world. For an hour every week, we hope that we could give you a place where you felt comfortable to light up a joint and allow us to make you laugh, to make you think. We wanted an environment where people who may not see eye to eye on everything or even very much at all can come to discuss and expand our world and our views by passing a pipe as many of cultures have done before us. We know our listeners come from every walk of life. We have loyal listeners in red states. We have loyal listeners in blue states. We have male and female listeners. We have straight people and members of the LBGTQ community. We have fans from America and countless countries around the world. We are a community that welcomes everyone and we will remain that way. So before we go and do what we like to do and celebrate our love of weed, we are going to take a moment of silence for George Floyd and the countless other George Floyds that didn't make the news. For the communities that are hurting today, for the 100,000 plus people who have died from the coronavirus in this country, and quite frankly, for our country as a whole, because we all need this. So I'm gonna bring the panel on the screen I'd like you to join me in the panel, take this moment of silence, and then we'll get to the show that uh, you turned it, tuned in to see.
All right. With that, thank you for listening, everybody, and welcome to the cult classics episode of the Mile High Podcast. Uh, we were going to do it last night. We didn't do it last night. A lot of stuff came up, and so we're here today. We're going to do it on a Saturday. We're streaming live on Facebook, so if you want to talk to us, talk to us down there. And if you want to talk to us, we've got quite a panel of people to talk to today. We have, as always, my buddy Dave. Dave, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on? Hey, we already have uh, people commenting in the Facebook Live, so uh, shout out to Sean. He's our first one hey, listening. Sean. Hey, Sean. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Nice. What did Sean say before hey, I Sean. move on? Anything he said, hi, guys. I'm pretty hi, sure guys. I'm, I'm sure my parents are going to be on here too soon, so you know we can always count on them yeah. for some viewership. Paul and Betsy, we can there are, there are most Betsy, loyal Sean. viewers. Right? Right? We know who are. I'm a weed. They watch my show, man. They're great parents. <laughs> um, with me, as always, uh, is also the Nerd Corner. The Nerd Corner, once again, in uh, the craziest of all our background, Nerd Corner. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Good to be here. Good to be here. Got so, Ralph Nerd Corner, your background. Uh, background. So, we're very, uh, very divisive in our uh, panels from last week. So, I hope we have some more pa- some more uh, backgrounds for us this week. You know, I like definitely uh, less CG characters this time, though. <laughs> that, that was that was a lot, and it was weird to stay focused on it. But I like how if you turn to the side, look how Nerd Corner and I we're pretty serious because we have our uh, we speak through our ears. We're professionals. Turn to the side, Nerd Corner. Let us let them see your ear. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. See, Ooh. we're professional. We got the Bluetooth. We're you know. We're serious about this. Exactly. Uh, that's how you got to be. That's why we bought it, not so we could exercise, but to, uh, you know, be able to talk while we do that. And it does clearly, double duty. <sighs> this is my exercise. Uh, <laughs> clearly from the bayou of uh, Princess and the Frog, we have Nancy Wilson. She took a break from heart to show back up to our show. Nancy, welcome. Hi. Nice to see everybody. <laughs> Good to see you as well. And somewhere between uh, Minnesota and Colorado, we have got Santori sitting in the car. Santori, you come to us from the most unique, most unique places. <laughs> well, you know, I'm always on the go in these shows that happens, and I don't know how that works out. But, yes, you always catch me on the run. So here I am the in the car. News- I'm on my way out of Minnesota. So. The good news about this is, the funny thing is, is that sometimes Santori likes to sit in the bat- out on his patio and he gets this big wind going on. <laughs> so as long as he keeps his window rolled up or his mic muted when he smokes, <laughs> right. he should avoid that big wind problem. Um, so we're all here. We're, I'm going to go in a circle, and you guys just tell me what you've been up to. You know, We're not going to go into what we're watching. It just, I mean, I know we're all in quarantine, but maybe you have something interesting. Santori, since you're in a car, I imagine you have more of a story than the rest of us. So we're going to start with you. What have you been up to since we saw you last on this show um, about a week ago. Well, since the last show, I actually, uh, uh, last night, I um, pretty much stayed in safe way from what was going on in Minneapolis. Didn't want to be around that this time, even though I was there first night, it all went down. Um, and then today, a nice little family friend gathering of saying, you know, goodbye, because I'm on my way back to Colorado. But that's pretty much it. And I'm on my way. So I, Try and keep safe, and we okay. can't wait to see you, Santori. We're we're really can't excited for you, you to make it. Uh, Nerd Corner, what have you been up to? What have you been up to this week? Anything exciting? 
Um, no, I actually haven't had a lot of time to focus on much beyond school, which is frustrating. It's not as fun as the games or Netflix, but I trying to be productive occasionally. But um, you know, it's overrated. Yeah. Being productive is way overrated. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, what about you, Nancy? What are you What are you up to this week? Anything exciting? Have I been up to anything? I don't know. All the days blend together. I'm still in the house. I'm quarantined, so I am boring. I do a lot of yard work. I've learned a lot about grass <laughs> and uh, roses. Perfect for this show. <laughs> you know. <laughs> exciting grass though but it feels so good when you take care of it yourself and right. um yeah watching tv nice so i guess and we'll we get to that later yes we will definitely get to that dave dave i know you're back out in the world and everything you're probably seeing more than uh, at least me near corner me chris and nancy are santori might be seeing more than you but what's going on in your world what have you been doing last week yeah my my uh, answer is definitely in between you guys and santori like not nearly as exciting as Santori. Definitely not as boring as your guys' days. Um, my store opened up this week. Um, it was great to see my customers again and uh, get with my crew. Uh, it's just weird because, you know, we have to navigate this new world and try to find some sort of norm normality in uh, this completely different world that we're walking into. So it was, uh, it was a stressful week, uh, but it was fun. It was just fun to get back to work. Uh, full-time nice. at my own store and then uh, I just uh, recorded my race to space read-along podcast and uh, that'll be up awesome. here pretty soon yeah very cool <laughs> I personally uh, we have done the we did Jay like I said earlier we did the James and the Giant Country a little earlier in this week uh, we have the Facebook live version up I'm working on the edited version there was one scene in there that everybody who was on it will understand where I was making jokes in regarding to pictures that I thought was coming up on my share screen, but all it was doing was holding up the folder of where the pictures were. I thought that was, I was intentional. Why, <laughs> I was wondering why people were laughing. I was like, these are pretty good jokes. And it just, and then I rewatched it. I was like, oh, I totally see what happened there. So that's what I've been doing. I've been watching some neat things on TV. We're gonna talk about that as well. Uh, but first we're gonna go around in the circle. We're gonna say what we're smoking. I'm going to stay with people who are underneath me at the time because I know Facebook sees what I see. So I'm going to start with Santori. And Santori is not smoking anything because we here at the Mile High Podcast do not condone smoking weed in a moving car in a state that it's not legal. So we're going to say he's not smoking anything. Nah. So we're going to bump over to the nerd corner because <laughs> <laughs> you have no answer to that. You can tell us when you go back to Colorado. I'm going to guess the nerd corner's answer, but then I'm going to let him answer. A random indica. Pretty much. There you go. So it, it, what works works, you know. Right, right. You don't you don't change. Uh, you know, don't don't fix a broken. I don't know. There's a saying don't I was trying to get. Don't change horses in mid. Don't if change horses broke, in midstream. Clock is right twice a day. Right. Wasn't don't change horses midstream Reagan's? Isn't that Reagan's? Uh, part of how he ran. Uh, it it was also John Travolta's slogan. Um. When he no 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 it was his opponent's slogan when he was running for president in primary colors, which is a great movie. Which is a great movie. We definitely want to talk about that. Would you say uh, it's a cult classic? I, I I I'd be confused by the cult that is built around primary <laughs> colors. <laughs> I tried to relate it back to the star to the, the right. show. 
Um, that, yeah, uh, that would be a weird cult to be built around that. Nancy, what are you smoking? I'm smoking, it's from Agati, which is my new favorite, and it's called Bread and Butter. Bread so, and butter. Nice, yes. that sounds good. Dave, Dave, what are you doing? Well, now that I have my license again, I can actually go and uh, buy some good stuff. So I Ooh. bought some White 99 from Lightshade, some real potent sativas. So I'm uh, smoking that. Nice. It's been a nice high these last couple of days. Nice. Nice. I am smoking uh, Jack Flash from Native Roots. Oh, Native Roots is out by the airport here in Colorado. So when you're allowed to fly again and you want weed as soon as you land, go to Native Roots. They have a particularly friendly staff there. They do. There, yeah. They are a really nice uh, group of people. So I'm going to jump around. We're, we usually talk about what we were watching, but I want to uh, do Disney first. We're going to start. Nancy, are you oh, okay? No. Nancy. <laughs> that, was, that was the wrong answer, apparently. <laughs> right? Uh, so we're going to start Disney first, because <laughs> if there's a Disney discussion to be had, I want to have it. Uh, Disney is, uh, they put out their plans. They're opening up. I know we discussed this on James and the Giant Country. We're going to go to a little bit more depth today, and Chris wasn't there for it. Actually, neither was Nancy. So uh, I feel special, man. I'm not like the only one that was there for both conversations. Yeah, Aww. Santori even left a little earlier than that. He wasn't there for the final part of it. Um, so Disney uh, is opening July 11th. You know, uh, they're opening the Magic Kingdom. The additional, the other parks will start opening between July 11th and July 15th is when everything's going to come back up. They have basically said that you will be required to wear a mask. They will be doing temperature screenings when you get to the door. Uh, there will be no parades. There will be no fireworks. If they're like Universal, the mist that is on rides, they won't have misters either. There are going to be certain rules. And, and I actually talked to a friend of mine who is working down there right now, and they said they are going to have social uh, distancing specialists that are literally going to go through, and they're going to make sure that people are socially distancing within the park. Now, those of us who have worked there, Santoria, myself, and those of us who have traveled to Disney World a, a few times or Disneyland a lot, like I know the Nerd Corner has, the question goes out, this is the world they're offering you. This is the Disney they're offering you. No rides or no parades, no fireworks, social distancing, wear a mask, the middle of Florida summer. Dave, I know where you're going to go, so I'm going to start in the reverse order. Nancy, Nancy, hmm. are you going there? Would you go? If I lived closer, if I were like a Florida resident, I would not yet. I, I'm I'm personally not comfortable yet with exposure at all, to be fair. But, um, you know, maybe the end of summer, I'd be willing to do like a walk through Disney Springs kind of a thing. I don't understand sitting down and eating anywhere yet because then you take your mask off and it just seems counterproductive to the whole point of wearing a mask. I don't need to eat out that bad. And quite frankly, I find a lot of the like non Disney owned restaurants in Disney to just be really overpriced chains that you could get for their regular price just outside the park. So I no, I probably wouldn't go right away. Well, I'm definitely not going right away. Um, I actually had a trip planned for the last week of July, as you know, 
And um, I've been holding on to that reservation, but we can't stay at the hotel anymore. Like we were going to stay on site. And about half the reason I go is character meet and greets um, because I am a giant kid. And so, no, I wouldn't go unless it was local. But it's not against the rules. I think they're doing the best they can. They have a huge undertaking that they that they are trying to be responsible about, and I respect their choices. I just personally can't afford to go and not get everything they offer when I'm there. That, and, and that's a fair point. That's what I hear from a lot of people. Dave, I got to point out, you are like right on either Roy or Walt's ball area right now. Like you're, that's their crotch. And if it's Disney World, that's Roy Disney's ball area right now. So, um, and it looks like the that's the Disney World castle. So I'm actually in front of Disney. It looks like he's about to give me a back rub when I do this. With his penis. Um, and so, I'm going to, Santori, you and I were there. We're going to talk to you in a second. But, I, but I, I'm in a Disney group with Chris. I know Chris has some really big uh, opinions on this. Chris, July 11th. I know you spent a lot of time at Disneyland. Been to Disney World a few times yourself. What you feeling about them opening, and would you go? Um, I think they're reopening too soon, but I also understand as much as they don't want the uh, negative image of if if you do have it become sort of some sort of hotspot of another outbreak. I. I hate to say it from a brand perspective, at a certain point, they have to open at least in some capacity right? before the image of they've been closed down. So I personally think it's a little bit too early, um, especially with Florida not really taking the whole thing seriously. That's kind of a whole nother conversation uh, into and uh, onto itself. But right, uh, right now, no, I it's, I I wouldn't be going. Honestly, like I I'm not going to feel comfortable going into the parks because from everything that's been going around, it looks like this will end up being a seasonal uh, right. issue that we're going to have to deal with. I'm in no huge rush to get to Disney right now, so if it's two or three years, then I'm fine with that. You know, I was supposed to be going out to uh, Disneyland in August and seeing Galaxy's Edge, which I, I was really excited about. Used to be a pass holder out there. Uh, loved Disneyland, loved DCA, and I, I'd love to go back to the parks. But at this point, until, until we have a vaccine out there, if it is going to be seasonal, then yeah, you can catch it anyway. I'd rather not expose myself to that large of a crowd. It's, it is but, a massive crowd. Yeah, Let me yeah ask but it's fifty percent capacity. That. That was my thought because I was with you at first, Chris. I was like, "Hell no, that's crazy!" But then I thought, "Well, fifty percent capacity, like it's not going to be as big of a crowd." But you're right; I'm still not comfortable with that kind of crowd. I get nervous when people stand too close to me in line at the grocery store. So, yeah. right, it's well, going to be, on, that's gonna be the, tough. Let me ask and, you and this, on the Chris. capacity. Oh. Uh, answer about the capacity, and then I ask, "What were you going to do?" Well, I was going to say with the capacity issue. Um, because I remember going to some of the pass holder events over even at uh, DCA or Disney California Adventure, which is like the uh, second gate over there for people who don't know out in California. And they'd have, we went to one or two pass holder events where it was only APs in there. So the park would have been at probably around 40, 40 to 60% capacity of where it's at normally. 
that's still a lot of people. Like you don't realize how many people are crammed in until you go with it greatly diminished and it, it, it's still wall to wall. So, I mean, right. even with reduced capacity, I just, I'm going to have my misgivings about it. Santori and I know that because uh, even on the light days, it's a crap ton of people down there. Let me ask you this, Chris, uh, with a, with a, just a straight answer. And then I'm going to move over to Santori. If given a choice to go to Disney world on July 11th or travel to Shanghai Disney right now, which one would you trust more to go to? Which area would you be more comfortable going to at the moment? Shanghai Disney. That's what I thought your answer was going to be. Um, I think I agree with you on that. Santori, you and I, we know this park. We were there after September 11th. We know how low, low crowds are. We know how people respond to these kind of pandemics. And we, more than that, we know how hella hot it is to be on a river in July in khakis and a jacket and a hat in in the middle of Florida. So my question is, July 11th, are you, are you going? Are you, would you be there? No. And um, I actually am kind of surprised that Disney would do that because they're so based about safety. Like, right. they're all about safety. I think they jump in the gun on that. And uh, I, I would think they would wait, like, at least August 1st. But I don't know what they're doing. But I, I would not go. I mean, because like you know, like you said, you know, khakis and on a hot river. I mean, I, I carry a towel with me for where I went. So right, it, and we all hot, did. We had to. Yeah, it's miserable. Yeah, and yeah. listen, I think the mask is a safe point. I think we should all be wearing masks whenever we go outside. Right. I understand people who don't want to. wear I've been a saying mask. that for years, and people thought I was crazy. <laughs> well, that's because you were crazy for years. So, <laughs> um, but we just the all mask, you're crazy. Right, right. Now everybody's in the same boat. I'm all about the mask. Um, I, but me personally, Disney would not be worth it to wear that mask in that hot heat with limited experiences. Now, if you had every experience, you might, you might sell me to go on July 11th. But I do know somebody who would go there. And that's who we're going to go to next. And I know this because we talked not only last night on a friendship level about this, but the night before on the uh, James the Giant Country. So, Dave, the, the, the floor is yours. You're down to go to Disney. Come I'm July down 11. to go to Disney. One, because I'm still kind of living on a high from when I went to Disney right before everything shut down. So, right. had such a great time. As you can see, I went to Galaxy's Edge down there. Um, Roy's uh, balls but you're no there now, over my Dave. shoulder. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable with uh, Roy Disney's balls on my shoulder, so I had to go to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, no, I had such a great time, and my family, we don't really care about the, the mean greets. We didn't care about the fireworks. For us, it was the rides and just being at the mm. park. And if you were going to say in the, the end of August, uh, your reservations are still valid that you made like a year ago and the rides that you want to ride are still open. Uh, for us, it would still be worth it. Um, I totally get where you guys are coming from though, because you guys are for, in there for more of a different experience than my family was. But for the, the experience that my family uh, likes better, we would still go because we would get pretty much the same experience that we had. Uh, now but we are definitely in the minority and I totally agree with your guys is, uh, you know, not wanting to go because you guys are more experiential than we were. We were just there for the attraction. Mm. 
And I don't necessarily think you're in the minority per se, as as the grand country is concerned. You're definitely in the minority of this group. Um, but that is be, and that's what people don't understand. People will go to Disney. They there are people who specifically want to go for these rides and everything. Let me ask you this, Dave. Although you say you would go, you are and you are not a medical expert, and you don't live in the state of Florida, but do you believe they're opening too soon? Yeah. Oh, that is, I would say that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of, you're, so without giving out too much personal information, we are no longer concerned about contracting coronavirus. We've kind of already been down that path. And so for us, the risk uh, is a lot less than a lot of other people. You know, we kind of have built an immunity to it now, and hopefully that the, the science is correct on that. And so we're not as concerned about going down there. You know, we would have to quarantine and, and be safe while we're down there. But for the average person who maybe have has not gotten sick, they should definitely avoid going there and for at least a little while, especially at the beginning, because they're still trying to learn everything. They're still trying to get it down and uh, you know, give them a, a few months to operate under this new model, and then it'll, it'll be safer. I'd be more confident in September than I would in August. I definitely think Disney set this up to have, to have an ability to pull out. You know, Universal opens this coming Friday. Uh, Legoland said, hey, you can come and you don't even have to wear a mask in Legoland. And I'm like, who cares your Legoland, man? Like, it's not the same thing. Um, SeaWorld's letting you ride dolphins. Right, right. <laughs> Anything you want. On SeaWorld, SeaWorld, they're putting the mask on the whale instead of you. Right. They're like, no, no, the whale's masked. You're safe. SeaWorld, please come see us. They're actually trying to move away from the uh, uh, aquatic marine time world into a theme park. Which, what a stupid name SeaWorld would be if you actually have no sea animals in it. No, 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 no. I have a story. In the Bay Area, there is a park. It used to be called Marine World Africa USA. And it was basically a very cheap version of a SeaWorld. It had a whale show, pink flamingos, a boat show, all that fun stuff. And They showed a John Waters film there? (laughs) Yeah, how'd you know? You were there. No, they, um, they did start, like, it it only had like two rides my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. It was just about the bird shows and everything. And then one year they were closed and the year after they opened up with like 15 rides and like a good five or six of them were like adult thrill rides. They doubled the mm-hmm. price. They removed the whales and everybody still kept going. Their name is still Marine world Africa USA. And they've just decorated everything to be jungle themed and water themed to fit the name. But it's a it's a cheaper thrill park, you know, because the only other option for the Bay Area is an eight hour drive to Disneyland or like your little mom and pop carnival type things or Six Flags. There's one in San Jose, but that's like eighty dollars and yeah. it's not as good as the other Six Flags. I mean, Elitch's, it's better than Elitch's, but that's about so right. much. Uh, I would James, say this one thing about James, I'm going to yeah. chime in real quick. Uh, our buddy Sean agrees with you and Nancy, Chris and Santori. Uh, he would want the full experience of going right. to Disney. So yeah. he's with you. Hey, Sean. For your buck. But think about awesome, it. If you man. lived in Orlando right now and you, let's say, also were in a situation where you weren't worried about catching it and you're not caring for people that you're worried about spreading it to and you already bought your a- annual pass, why wouldn't you go? I mean, just to check it out every once in a while. It really depends on yeah. what you've already invested into it and where you are. 
And for no, the record, definitely... I would uh, go to Universal over Disney, to be honest with you. Blasphemy now, in this area. <laughs> would you have your wizard robe, though? That That's the real question there, Dave. Well, I wouldn't have to wear a face mask because I'm protected by magic. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mask of Patrono. That's what, there's going to be some <laughs> asshole that shows up on Friday when Universal opens up. Expel like, us no. Corona. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this before we move on. Uh, one thing about SeaWorld is that even if they get rid of everything, as far as Orlando SeaWorld, they've got killer property. So where they're located at, big positive for them. They could either make their keep making a fun park or sell it to Universal, quite honestly. Those well, are their two options. It, it just one like thing because you know I'm a theme park geek as well. Yeah. With SeaWorld, what you can do, you get rid of the big animal shows, you put in aquariums, have a focus on nature, and then build up coasters. Yeah. Like that yeah. that's what they need to do at this point. You don't have aquatic mammals. Just get rid of those, give us a bunch of fish tanks and roller coasters, and we'll be very happy. Escape from Atlantis or whatever it's called now, or the Kraken, I think it is, is a killer roller coaster. It's a wonderful roller coaster. Um, with that said, we had to move. I could talk Disney all day. You know, I, I would absolutely talk theme parks and Disney all day. I know a lot of you will too, but we should move on because this is a cult classic episode. We're going to talk about cult classics because Disney is a watch. cult. It was very apt. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. We, I can't argue with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it really it has a loyal following. But that's more of an actual cult cult, and that's not actually what a definition of a cult movie is. Though so they're two different things. Disney is a cult. They are a classic cult. That was um, a pretty weak segue, but it was a segue nevertheless. Yeah. It was. It was. Um, and so the question then becomes, what is a cult classic? You know, what what would... What is the definition? What takes a movie from being a movie that is liked by a certain amount of uh, the counterculture or a, a certain group of people out there that transforms it from being just an arrogant movie that only certain people like to a cult movie? What do you guys think it is? I'm going to start with the guy uh, in the in Star Wars. Dave, let's go with you. What do you think? Yeah, man. I think uh, a cult classic to me is something with a small number of fans but those fans are deathly loyal to that particular thing and so when i'm thinking of cult classics like the cult classics i'm thinking like there are a, just a few number of people but they really love that particular thing and that's what makes it a cult and it's uh cherished amongst that group that's a fair answer uh, Santori, what's your definition of a call classic when it comes to a movie? Uh, he pretty much summed it up, but if you want to defy a movie by a title of what a cult classic would, I would have to say it would be your favorite movie, James, which would be Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's a cult I've, classic. But, I've seen uh, that movie a lot of times. <laughs> but for me, my cult uh, classic movie... <laughs> With oh, I'm glad you had a classic after that. <laughs> right. That was a long pause. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. No. Um, Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes. That would be a great good movie. Good movie. Great movie. That's a great choice. That's what uh, Kentucky, I got. Kentucky, Kentucky Fried, Fried Movie. movie. Yep. Yeah. Kentucky Fried Movie, also good. Yeah. Yeah, they're not on the list of top called classic movies, but there's, there's definitely a genre. There's definitely a, a, an era right in the late mid to late eighties that made some really 
crazy good movies that deserve the cult classic uh, status. Chris, do you disagree with anything that they said about what defines a cult classic movie? Um, like the the only thing for me, uh, and Dave was saying that you have a smaller audience, and and I think. For the most part, I mean, and it definitely starts out like that, like something like Rocky Horror, which outside of the people in the London theater circuit who had heard of the play and like small screenings when the movie came out, it was a small group of awesome weirdos who kept it alive. And I'm glad they did because it's a great live show. But I, I think now it's with the internet and how quick stuff spreads. I don't think it's even that small group anymore as much as you can have just a, a segment of society latch onto something like the room, which I right. take pride in not having seen. And it's mm -hmm. like, I don't know, but I, now it's like, you no longer need to have that like small group of people running the independent theaters that are doing these showings, which is how you, you got stuff like Kentucky Fried Movie or Rocky Horror. Now, once again, I'm, I'm trying to think of other examples like The, like the Room, but that style of movie that you can get a, a wide-reaching cult classic nowadays, for, yeah. for lack of a better term. But otherwise, yeah, I, I'd agree with pretty much everything they said. And it's, and it's typically going to be films that are off the beaten path. Like uh, I made the joke earlier when Nancy was talking about uh, Pink Flamingos that I think that and heck, pretty much anything John Waters puts out, those are all things that would fall under the cult classics. And that's definitely going to be one of those where it's, it's the smaller group. Cause there are a lot of people right. who are like, Oh, you know, I've seen serial mom or I've seen, um, one of the, the versions of hairspray. And it's like, watch pink flamingos, watch some other right. stuff. And <laughs> a deep John yeah. waters dive. Uh, Nancy, what do you think? Uh, do, I mean, do you think they all defined it? Do you have anything else that you would throw in what defines a called movie to you? No, I've never oh. totally, I, I struggle with that because I get, I understand the concept. I don't disagree with anything they said. I just, I, I, I'm like the classic part because I mean, obviously Rocky Horror is a cult classic, but I always, I don't know, I get confused on, does it have to be like a classic movie that happens to have a cult following? Because there are a lot of classic movies that don't have cult followings and uh, I get caught up in terms, it doesn't matter. But I agree with you guys. <laughs> there you go. Um, so the next question would be, uh, what are some of our favorite cult classic movies? And this is fun. Actually, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do something different. I didn't have a huge James's game set up for this because I, uh, I was going to do a bracket system, but we're going to play a different, small, quick version of James's game because uh, Rolling Stone came out with their 25 best called classic, biggest called classic movies in history. I'm going to read this off, and I just want you guys to let me know if you've seen them because going over this list, I would say I've probably seen a slightly more than half. So the game is going to be Who's seen the most cult classic movies? I'm pretty good with math, so I'm going to try to keep it in my head, but I know Chris is too. He's pulling up something right now to keep track of something. I, I As the spreadsheet goes, so Dave, you got you got to do the filming on this part. I, I'm going to be uh, tin-keying it over here. All right. So, cult classics. Movies. Uh, Talk among yourselves. I didn't have this prepared. Talk about what you... Dave, talk, talk amongst yourselves. 
Talk about the movie that's behind you right now, because that's one of my favorite movies, uh, and it's uh, definitely a cult comedy. Uh, yeah. What what is that? It. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting right in front of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Grail, nice. I was. This is actually on that Rolling Stone top twenty-five list, and I was surprised yeah. that it was considered a cult classic because I love this movie. And then I dove into it, and it was panned at the time, and not a lot of people loved it. And then it started getting a small following, and then all of a sudden, it became this fucking classic movie that I'm sure all of us have seen and all of us right. genuinely love. Um, but its beginnings were very humble. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you say that you were surprised it was a cult classic. And that's, that's another thing that gets me with that term is it's, I think it's kind of too nebulous now. Like uh, I was watching a uh, wisecrack, which is one of the channels I really enjoy on YouTube and they were going over different films and they said like, people look at fight club that it was a cult classic. And it's like, no, it, it was a commercial success when it came out, like hugely popular movie, well-reviewed and like yeah. Monty Python. And, and it's, but that makes you wonder at, at what point, cause it definitely was a cult classic, but can you go is Holy Grail still a cult classic See? versus something like maybe life of Brian or uh, meaning of life? Right. Yeah. So do you, That's a Sorry, I want to jump in. Do you think commercial success uh, makes a movie not a, a cult? Or, like, because, you know, you have the Fight Clubs where it's you know, a fucking popular, huge-ass movie, but it, yeah. I feel that it, it is a cult movie. So do you think commercial success um, makes a movie not a cult classic because it's commercially successful? Um, that's see, what I and that's where... Yeah, and that's where you get in the problem of defining it because it's you can you can still have that that following that would have I think kind of all of the uh, hallmarks of like the cult classic within a movie something like that like Fight Club that you have the people who take it way too seriously and uh, they they hang out on Red Pill on Reddit a lot I hear so you can have you can have those subcultures that you have kind of like Rocky Horror is its own distinct subculture. So I think you can have these commercial hits that still have that in there, but then it goes back to how, how do you define cult classic? Cause I get what you're saying. It's, it's, it's a tough question. How is fight club one and in game is not because in game has just as many loyal cultish followers of it as anybody I've ever seen for money by the Holy grail. Anybody I've ever seen for fight club. And what about like, I mean, no offense to any of the fans. Harry Potter, they made an entire theme park off of it. You can't tell me that's not a cult following. I mean, and it's a classic. It, so, early, and, yeah. and young classic, we'll call it. Before we go into the game and before we talk about the ones that we love the most, do you feel like cult classics is something that's about to fade away? Do you feel like we will be producing new cult classics? Do you think in an era where anybody can make anything, anybody can put anything online and you have access to every movie ever made. Do you think there will still be called classics going forward? I think I there think will be more. Oh. I should have picked somebody. And since all three of you talked and Santori didn't say shit, we're starting with Santori and then I'll move on. <laughs> what, what do you think, Santori? <laughs> is is, is that the end of the cult movies? I think the cult movies are already ended. I actually haven't, like, I don't know what the latest cult thing movie has been in many years that I know of. Um, 
So the answer, yeah, I think it's already ended. And I would like to hope that, you know, Hollywood or, you know, somebody figure it out and start something up again because, you know, cult classes are hilarious usually and they're just fun and silly and wacky. So we need that. But the question I'm going to ask you this, Antori, do you think when these directors were making these movies, their goal was to make a, a cult movie? You know, and you say you wish Hollywood would do that. These movies became called classics. They didn't know they were making called classics, were they? So can it even be made? Even if I, even if you wanted to, you had all the money in the world, and you can go do it, and you said, fuck, I'm going to make a cult classic movie. Can you do that right now, Zantori? Um no, because I don't think they, their intentions really were cult classic. Because I think it became a cult classic because of the fans. I think really mm. it's a fan base. Because like the movie Student Bodies, it was just like yeah, that. I could see being like trying to be a cult uh, um, flick, but I I don't think that was their intentions. I know Caddyshack; they were just trying to make a movie, and it turned out to be a cult classic, in my opinion. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think they have the directors have it in their mind. They're going like, hey, let's go make a you know, right. a certain movie that only people like will yeah. figure it out. Unless you know it has been done, like people like your myself know about these movies that are cult yeah. classics. I could go ahead and go ahead like, all right, let's try and make it a cult classic. I mean, right. I would, but I but it's, don't, yeah, it's tough to reproduce that. Uh, I'm well, gonna see, move over to, to to Chris because I'm going with Reanimator over Reservoir Dogs. Just in Choice of the kind of movies that we're doing, Reanimator in my mind wins out over as a. I, I I like that that you got the reference, which I actually uh, watched it again for the first time in probably twenty years, not long ago, and I was like, "All right, it's going to be cheesy and it won't hold up." No, it it holds up. It's just <laughs> and right. like to me, and that's what I love. Like that to me is one of those where. I would say would be closer to that the traditional definition of a cult classic because it's right. It's just widely known enough that a lot of people would have heard of Reanimator or you might have seen like one scene. Right uh, now, I'm nowhere near as hardcore as there are people who are way into that movie and that actor in particular. Who going to what makes a cult classic? He starred in a whole bunch of movies that have been that same kind of schlocky semi-low budget Cthulhu like Lovecraftian mythos based movies and I've seen a couple and they're good but it's not something I seek out but there's an entire fandom there which I think is going back to your question of do you still have cult classics I I think we probably have more than we ever have before it's just not in, in our circles you know if you talk to people who have the YouTube channel or even before that, like I see younger people now in their like twenties talking about, Oh, these things that were on flip note and characters. And I'm like, that was something that was not my, uh, my radar at all, but that, that was something to them, these characters. And so, uh, and I didn't have it in my mind when I started talking about it, but I think that main actor from reanimator is a perfect example of, it, it's spreading out just like everybody is getting their own kind of niche and entertainment. You can find things that are your interest. I, I think you have more call classics. They are just so widespread. You may not get in any, 
I don't know. You'll get mainstream cult classics now, if, if that makes sense. Something like a Fight right. Club. You'll get those. I don't think you'll get when we look at like the 70s and 80s films, something like a right. Caddyshack with what it originally was, something like a Rocky Horror. You're not going to get those ones, but you're going to get a thousand of them in a hundred different languages out there. And if you're not in that bubble, you won't know about it. But if you're in that bubble, you're going to be like, oh, did you see this latest one from this person? Right. I know I like that. I like what you said about that. I also think that brings up an interesting thing. My children are on YouTube a lot. I think what you will create is a d different version of what defines a cult classic. You will be talking about these videos on YouTube can span anywhere from mm -hmm. 90 seconds to a good hour. You know, maybe you don't necessarily call it a movie, but you have certain streams that have gained a cult-like following, like classic cult movies. They are a small group that get to talk about something that only they know. And they feel a little better about it. Now, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a good move, and it brings up something that Chris said, Dave, and I'm going to move the question over to you, and then we'll get to you, Nancy, about this. The question, What Chris said about Reanimator, which I found very, very interesting, was that he said it still holds up today. Any of these cult classics that we lay down, I would argue, are no worse today than they were the first time that we saw them. They hold up over time. Is that part of their coldness? What do you think about that, Dave? Oh, definitely. I think that's what the, makes the term classic classic. They can stand the test of time. And you still have cult classic movies from 30s and 40s that will still hold up today. And uh, look at Reefer Madness. You know, that's a cult classic. That's from like the yeah. 20s and 30s. That's our literally yeah. our theme song. Uh, so, yeah, I think the timelessness makes it the classic. Yeah, the fact that it carries on, and that and that's the interesting thing. And it, and there is a niche that we don't have anymore with cult movies. Uh, and Nancy, I'm gonna ask you about this. When you were younger, mm -hmm. you knew friends who, you know, we all are a Betamax pre VHS uh, early generations. Uh, let's not make any jokes about this. We when we were younger kids. We did not necessarily have things to record, and if it was did, it was Betamax, went to VHS and everything. Cult movies are built on the aspect that you got your hand on a tape. You got your hand on something that no one else around your neighborhood had, and you went in a small group to see this crazy movie. What's your connection to cult classic? Do you have something like that where you're like, I am connected to this because there's one tape, you know, Faces of Death, you know, these things that people had you have a cult classic? Was that in, in where you grew up? I mean, you were on the coast. You probably had access to better movies than anybody else on this panel. Did you feel like you came across a lot of cult classics growing up? I don't think I came across any more than anybody else. I wasn't a particularly big, I mean, I watched movies, so, you know, but, you know, actually during this, I kind of looked up some different definitions of what a cult classic what qualifies as a cult classic and it is pretty much the general consensus seems to be that it's just anything with a cult following whether it happened to be commercially successful or otherwise that has lasted the test of time like you were talking about a minute ago mm, nice. so you know it that hence cult and classic that that's literally all it is so it doesn't matter whether it was you know according to the general consensus of google <laughs> it doesn't seem to matter if it is a um, you know, a high-end 
super feature film, you know, cause I was thinking about that. Like I was torn, you know, like Harry Potter, like I was saying before, they have a huge cult following. They have a huge budget, Batman, the Joker and the whole Harley Quinn thing. There's a huge cult following in there and they have a huge budget, but there's a lot of lower end movies. And it, I actually think that because of the internet and the shutdown, people will get more creative and movies and shows will be shared more online. And I see this happening in music too, where because it's on the internet, because there's not a DJ telling you, listen to this if you like the style of music, you're exposed mm -hmm. to so much more. And I think it will create new cult followings of things that people didn't even know they liked until they see it. I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that is a, a fair argument to make. I think what our access to this much media will bring people that may not have seen these things out going forward. Um, right. We're gonna play this quick game. Uh, the way we're gonna test this out, I just want you guys, I'm going to read off the movie. You are going to raise your hand if you haven't seen the movie. Chris, you, you just not? need to keep, if you have not seen the movie, okay? okay. Chris, you're just keeping track of how many movies. Uh, Something's okay. bound to go wrong. Yeah, just raise your hand if you've seen the movie. That'll make this spreadsheet okay. so much easier. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Okay, raise your hand if you. I like to. I like to be confusing, but all right, we're gonna raise our hand if we've seen the movies. We got twenty-five movies. We're gonna find out who's the strongest cult follower, and then we're gonna talk about our favorite, and then we're gonna talk about one other thing before we close it off. So, welcome to a very thrown-together, cheap little version of James's games based on cult movies, and it is literally reading things off of a website. So, 25 movies, raise your, your hand if you've seen it, and we'll talk a little bit about the movie as it pops up. All right, number 25, Army of Darkness. Santori, have you seen it? I can't see your hand. No, okay, you have not. So, Santori has not seen Army of Darkness. Feelings for the four of us who have seen Army of Darkness. This is my boomstick. I mean... Oh. That's what are we great. I love, movie? I love that movie. Man, I yeah. love that movie so much. Although I There's, will say this, uh, great movie. Evil Dead Two, though, I think is still like my favorite in the uh, in the franchise. It's just like peak Bruce Campbell physical comedy. Yeah, Bruce Campbell Bruce is a Campbell's cult actor. He is like he is the, the epitome oh. of a cult actor. Yeah, oh, give me a second. I. My audio is breaking up. I have to make sure that I can uh, hear you guys. Okay. Uh, well, with that, I'm going to ask Nancy, what do you think? Uh, Army of Darkness? Yeah, it was okay. I, love I, loved, I loved Evil Dead. I used to make my mom watch it every Halloween with me, all three movies, every Halloween. She hated it, and but I loved it. It was not my favorite. I think I'm with Chris. I kind of like two, but... Him yeah, fighting the hand is just amazing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just kind of feel like... And I don't want to say it's great because this is 25 out of 25. So I know there's going to be 24 other better movies somewhere in there. And I don't want to give it a great. It wasn't I, a great. Yeah. I, I want to say I, I saw Army of Darkness before I saw Evil Dead. So, <laughs> I, that, so that I attached myself oh. to that universe but through that movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, yeah, and I, and I saw Army of Darkness first, except for uh, as a small child, and I didn't realize it was Evil Dead until years later. Scanning through the channels at night, I happened on the scene where the hag reaches up from the basement and stabs her through the Achilles tendon with a pencil. Oh, it's yeah. Like, I, I would have been six or seven, and that scene was like 
burned into my head for years and had become mm-hmm. a big Army of Darkness fan, watch Evil Dead 2, and then I go back and watch the original. I'm like, God damn it, Sam Raimi. You yeah. traumatized me. <laughs> And yeah, that, 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 there's some, the first and the second movie have some much more intense scenes than Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness is just Bruce Campbell, just Bruce Campbelling up as much as he oh, can. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're going to move on because we, we can't get stuck on Army of Darkness. Another thing that I'm sure we could talk about for a very, very long time. Uh, so, number 24, a movie directed and written by George Harrison of the Beatles called With Nail and I. Has anyone seen With Nail and I? No. With male with male and with I? Nail. Yeah, it's then it's a name, with nail. W-I-T-H-N-A-I-L. With nail and I. It was produced by George Harrison of the Beatles. I know nothing about it. It's not just a guy with the same name or anything. Uh no, that's a good question. No, I did not. I just assumed it was George. <laughs> no. Just like I assumed you're Weird Nancy Wilson from Hard. Are you not Nancy Wilson from Hard? I am not famous. Okay, I'm also see, not the jazz singer Nancy Wilson either. Just to, before to clear that up, if you're if you're if you're part of if your name is the name of somebody in a famous group, uh, I'm just going to assume that you're in that group. Here's what it says about that movie: Right around the same time, he scored a huge comeback hit with "I've Got My Mind Set on You." George Harrison produced this hysterical black comedy about two struggling actors in London in 1969. Tired of life in the city, they travel north to a county, uh, country college, and get into all sorts of misadventures. This has become a hugely beloved movie in England, though most Americans have never heard of it. There you never go. Heard of it. Uh, but I'm gonna go and search it out for sure. It sounds great. Yeah, see, you, ha- you have to. Nancy, yeah. you're all over the place with some audio there. Girl. My battery's um, dying. I thought it was charging and it wasn't. So, technical. All right. Back off. I know her answer to this one. Number 23, The Princess Bride. I love that movie. Yeah, so we've all seen the movie. Santori loves the movie. What do you guys think? I mean, is there really anything that we need to say about The Princess Bride? Love it. Great. As you wish. Great movie. Yeah, it's such a wonderful movie that we don't even even need to talk about it. Anybody anybody want a peanut? Right, right. (laughs) Stop that rhyming. Now I mean it. Um, we're moving on. Number 22, Repo, the genetic, genetic opera. opera. Isn't that, uh, oh my God. Oh, Chris is the only one who's seen Repo. Chris, I'm not going to read this description. You describe it to us. The description would probably be easier. Weird Korean ultra violent opera about cyborg. It's, it's weird. Is, is Paris Hilton in that No. Uh, here is here is what it comes down. Here's the description, and Chris is right. It was it's a better description, and even it doesn't make sense. A movie about an organ transplant in a dystopian future doesn't seem like the right fit for a rock opera, but director Darren Lynn Bosman found a way to make it work. Simply move put, the movie takes place in the year 2056. When organ failure has become a huge problem, a huge corporation gives transplants to those who can pay, but miss a payment and you get a visit from the repo man. You really, really don't want that to happen. And, and by the way, Paris Hilton that. is in this movie. I was correct. Huh. Is, oh, who really? Is? Who is? Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton? Wow. Oh. 
have to work. That's crazy. <laughs> that makes yeah. me want to see it more for some reason. I'm not sure it's, why. It's, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> okay. It's on my to-do list now. That's for sure. Number 21. We know Chris hasn't seen it because he's already put it out. I have not seen all but bits and pieces. The Room. Has anyone watched The Room? No. The Room is quite honestly known as the worst movie ever made, if I'm correct about that. <coughs> and uh, for rightful reasons. It's supposed to be a pretty shitty movie. And that so then what does the does, cult following say about it? Because people like... Cause they the love how bad it is. Is, is yeah. it like underdog or ironic? Ironic. No, no, it's ironic. Okay. It's, okay. Yeah. It's a little bit ironic. And yeah, I really do. I do. Um... Number 20, Hedwig and the Angry Itch. Nope. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? But at least I've heard of that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll read it. I don't think Chris has seen it. We'll see when he comes back. But uh, here's the description of it. Hedwig and the Angry Itch started as a musical in 1998 and has had a longer lifespan than almost anyone could have imagined. The original off-Broadway play quickly developed into a huge following, and within three years, it was on the big screen. John Cameron Mitchell directing and playing the role of the East German transgender punk singer. The film didn't make much money, but it slowly earned back its budget due to DVD sales. It's on Broadway now with Neil Patrick Harris. Fans of How I Met Your Mother have no idea what it's in for. I am aware of Hedwig and the Angry Itch. I actually know some songs from the musical, I haven't seen the movie. Chris, have you seen the movie? Um, I have not. Same thing. I'm I'm aware of it. Right. I, ha- I, I have seen trailers when I've gone to my local independent cinemas, <laughs> and I've heard some of the music. <laughs> right. But I was there to see other cult movies, and it was normally before Rocky Horror Picture Show. So that's that's the uh, that's a joke on Family Guy. Like uh, he was talking about some movie. He's like he's like I never actually saw it. But I was aware of its existence or some TV shows. It's funnier in my head because I picture the whole thing still. Um, number 19, I want to see most people's, I think everybody's seen this, Clerks. Who's seen Clerks? Kevin Smith. Clerks. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that. that yeah. Yeah, your, your hint is disappearing. Um, 37 dicks in a in row? A row? Try not to I suck any you dicks on your way to the parking lot. <laughs> get back here. Hey, get back here. <laughs> he convinced me and he said at least I wasn't number 38. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, not every girl will bring you dinner at work. Most of them just cheat on you. I mean, Silent fuck. Even need, it's, it's now, yeah. now, you know he was not supposed to be Silent Bob. He's supposed no, to be I Randall. Know. Dude, I know literally everything about Kevin Smith. Yeah. He's like one of the greatest idols in my life right now. So I know every fucking thing about that guy. So cool classic, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree almost any of his movies uh, can fall on that. I would say Mallrats is a, is a cult classic. That's my favorite. That's my favorite of his movies, and that's the ultimate cult classic. It's the most quotable, I think. Oh, it's it's sure. by far, I think, the funniest one that he does. Absolutely. Um, it's funny because you've shown it. Oh, wow. I've tried to show that to Nancy a few times, and she does not think it's <laughs> My whole family, you've tried to watch it with me, my mom, and my sister. None of us get it. So I don't all the girl's only 16 years old. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Kevin Smith movies is you fall on two lines. Either you love his movies or you hate his movies. 
there's not a lot of gray. I'm like, that was okay. Or like, yeah, he's pretty I good. I mean, like you're either Kevin Smith fan or you're not. Almost every other thing Kevin Smith has done, I do love. I love Clerks. I think it's, I love stoner humor and all of that. For some reason, Mallrats, maybe it's because I didn't see it when it came out. And it may be your association with the time. I don't know. But I, I just, it's just not for me. But that's okay. I get it. I understand that people love it and I, I give it its credit. I just. It's, it's kind it. of a, pro- it's definitely <laughs> a, like a product of like a, a certain time. And- yeah. It's yeah. very well. Yeah. I want to throw some – I'm going to completely bring this game to a show, uh, to a halt. Kevin Smith's greatest cult movie is Tusk. And if you have not seen Tusk, the, the whole movie is about it, one guy turning another guy into a walrus. Yeah. It's a horror yeah. movie, and it's fucking weird as shit. Turning Daniel Radcliffe into a walrus, right? No, it was, uh, it was uh, Justin – Long. It's Justin Long. Oh, yeah. Haley Joel has been a really weird fucking movie. It is absolutely incredible. Um, but people who have seen that movie are very passionate about this movie. And it's my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Um, and that's the epitome of a cult classic. See, it's been on my list for a while. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out. For as much as we know you love Kevin Smith, Dave, yeah, that's a big, uh, that's that's a a big, big recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, one thing I'll say about Kevin Smith before I go, Chasing Amy took me a minute the first couple times and didn't really get it. I find I might appreciate it much more now. First 10 minutes of Chasing Amy, always wonderful. I could, I think the first 10 minutes of Chasing Amy is hilarious. You know, you're saying that every black person in the world deep down wants to be white. I mean, that was a hilarious sequence of uh, playouts in that. Yeah. And so... What can you, how can you argue with that? And the argument of uh, Archie being gay and Jugbed being his bitch. Uh, that's why he wears the hat. Number 18, Blade Runner. Which version? The first one, <laughs> the original. Santori, have you seen Blade Which Runner? Which version? <laughs> now, yeah, this is... For some really reason, nothing. I thought of Wesley Snipes being a superhero, just in, like, I don't know. No, that's, that's Blade. No, oh, we're talking Blade. A Blade Runner. Blade is, is fucking Blade. cool as shit. Wait, Blade, Blade Runner. No. That, is that some with, uh, motherfuckers Black? always trying to ice skate uphill? That's all I have to say about Blade. Blade Runner. Wait, yeah. is that is that? Oh no, I've never seen it. That's Harrison Ford. Yeah, no, I never seen it. I was thinking that other movie. Never seen. It. Yeah, but you, you, but you did see Blade. Strangely, yeah. oh, you never saw Blade either. No, he was explaining why he didn't see Blade. Uh, yeah. He just knew of it. Did, have you seen Sling Blade with Billy Bob Thornton? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a great uh, movie. I reckon I've seen it. I reckon I've seen it. Crunch fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of the three Blade-based movies, Mike has Get seen. You don't know better. Get the ball. <laughs> that makes perfect sense, actually. But yeah. um, <laughs> The, the, those of us seen Blade Runner, do we have anything super to say about it? I mean, Blade Runner is a, a great sci-fi. Sci-fi works well in uh, call movies. I don't know what else to say about that. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. That was easy. Blade Runner, we all like it. We don't have much to say about it. Um, moving on. Dave, it was your background. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Who's seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Yeah. I mean... And this is an example of 
what I think is a cult movie because the first time I saw Monty Python on the Holy Grail, someone had a VHS. You would hear, I think I heard about it, it's Scout Camp. You know what I mean? Little fourth and fifth graders, maybe third graders, joking about this movie and not knowing where it was and I, I, me not being able to find it. And I think and it was actually my cousin's boyfriend, Paul, who had the first copy that we never saw, or my Uncle Scott. One of those two people no. showed... No, Monty Python. I have to step in on this. That that actually would have been uh, our parents. Uh, they were the ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My parents. It was the rest. Money, it was son. the rest of the family who introduced us to the more <laughs> out there. Yeah. <laughs> of uh, of um, Monty Python. Yeah, this is yeah. That's true. They're the ones who expand the Monty thing. But yeah, they love my parents. Love Grail. Grail's a super funny movie. Um, Argument of the, the life of Brian. There's a lot of other Monty Python movies yeah. that are really, really good. Grail is definitely the most accessible right. of <laughs> Monty Python. And the, and the funniest to quote. You can't really quote yeah, Life of that's Brian what well. Yeah. Because you can quote the movie so so much. That's what makes it a classic. It's not the yeah. best out of Life of Brian or, or whatnot, but it is definitely right. the most quotable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Let's not go to the bright side of life, though. Especially on in second thought, it's a it's a silly place, you know. Yeah, I mean, great, great. Just, that's what I feel about a call movie is that we can quote those lines. From, the other thing about the Princess Bride, our buddy Lewis, um, you know, my buddy Lewis can recite that entire movie. I've sat oh, yeah. in the car with Lewis, and he knows every line from Princess Bride from beginning to end, yeah. and almost every line to Monty Python. You know, it's just, it's the movies that you watch over and over and over again. Um, number 16, this came up on our list too. Fight Club. Oh, you guys broke the first rule about Fight Club. And that's never talk about Fight Club. Now y'all admitted it was out there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's a cult movie. It was a cult DVD. Here's what I'm going to argue about Fight Club. And then I'm going to let you guys talk about it. I think what made it a cult wasn't necessarily the movie. I think... When they packaged that DVD, it came out with more extras. It came out with mm. more visions. It came out. That DVD was the I'm showing you what the future of movies and how we're going to be able to show you every aspect of it is, is going to be. It was the most. For a single movie, I think that it was the most packaged DVD ever. I know people who bought the DVD before ever seeing the movie. Opinions about the movie and what I had to say. I hadn't thought about that now because, I mean, when it came out, it, it was a success in theaters. But now that you mentioned that about the DVD, that was that, that was a showcase uh, title. Right. Even if you didn't like Fight Club, you had right. that because you're like, look at these menus. They're sleek. They come in from the side. And it was right. it was one of really the first ones where they, they took serious. Well, they took advantage of the things that you could do with the DVD that you couldn't do with. VHS like right. I that would have been it's one of the only movies where I've gone through I've watched all the the director's stuff I've watched David Fincher do this how they do the special effects and you're right that was completely a showcase title of like oh you haven't upgraded can your VHS player do this it's what right. you would show right. off to brag to your friend who did not have the DVD player yet but you just got your right. PS2 and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that, all around on a decent movie. Uh, what do you think about that, Dave? You think, uh, what do you think about the DVD aspect and just the movie in general? No, you, yeah, you nailed it on the head. Uh, 
it, it's I didn't even even think about that. And of course, then I go back to like, oh yeah, that's how I saw Fight Club, and I watched all the extras, and right. yeah, that's it. so you nailed it right on the head, Nancy. Yeah, strangely enough, my parents um, both suggested that movie to me, and then yeah, my, I think my mom she got it for me, and so I. I yeah. The weird thing is I've watched it since then, and I feel like it's not as deep as we thought it was, but it also touches no. on some interesting issues. You know, it doesn't get – the fight part doesn't give it enough credit about its talk about, like, insanity and mental health. And so I thought it was a decent enough movie. I get why it has a cult following. Yeah. Yeah. Center, well, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I can see it being a cult following. I mean, I never thought it would be, but I thought it was a good movie, and I think Edward Norton did a great, you know, acting job performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorites. Oh yeah, Edward. It was a good movie. I can see was, why. Yeah, cult. yeah, and, and probably one of the strongest Edward Norton performances outside of that. What he did with Richard Richard Gere. Give me a prime suspect. Oh, primal prime. fear. Primal fear. Primal. Mm-hmm. That yeah, and that's the one that put him on the map for me. Because when you saw that, it was just like chilling. And oh, right. it was so much better than the Hulk. Um, uh, all yeah, right, we're yeah. moving on. <laughs> just gotta say, the Hulk's not that bad. <laughs> and somebody had also not that Hulk. good either. Well, right. uh, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> Someone should right. Uh, fifteen. We're on number fifteen. The Blues Brothers. Yeah. Oh wait, I've I've actually never seen the entire thing. I've seen really. I've never seen it in one sitting. I am sure I have seen all of the Blues Brothers. That's that's fair. And the Blues Brothers is is a mismatched movie as is. uh, One of my uh, a really enjoyable movie. All I want to say about that because I another thing I could dive deep into is I'm going to say the Blues Brothers 2000 uh, bothered the hell out of me in comparison to the Blues Mm -hmm. Brothers. But I know people who love that movie. it was so much better. That's that's it. I was like, how did they did they make this great movie so much greater uh, by just adding John Goodman? <laughs> right. You look at it and you're like, John Goodman should have always, you know, been in this movie. Nancy, you got anything to say about the Blues Brothers? No. I watched it. It was good. That was good. Santori, you're... You're slightly older than us. You gotta have a deeper feeling to that Belushi. Uh, I'm just, I, I was just, you know, it was just, it was a great movie because you had like really great cast. You had Candy in there, Belushi, Aykroyd. You even had Ray Charles. Shit, you know, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Aretha Franklin, everybody. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was, it was great. And it was funny, and it was entertainment from the beginning to the end. And I, I think it's a great movie. I agree. I would say the only argument I'd say about my Blues Brothers 2000 against myself is while the movie is not as good, the music people, the music they have on there and the people they have performing on there are just great. Super classic. And Edward Norton's Hulk has shown up in the back of Christmas. <laughs> hey, Blues um, Brothers 2000 has a good version of Ghost Riders in the Sky. I'll give it that. <laughs> they have a good collection of people that should be able to make really good music. Uh, number 14. Warriors, come, come out, out and play. play. Can Chris you and Nancy. dig it? Uh, you haven't seen I'm, I, I think the three of us, I want to know, Chris and Nancy, neither of you have seen the Warriors? What, why I've never even heard of it until you mentioned it to me today. It's one of those, it's been on my list. 
I, I heard the PS2 game was actually, actually, no, I've heard the PS2 game was fantastic. Um, it's, it's sequel, prequel. But yeah, it's one of those that's on the list and just haven't gotten around to it yet. Is that why Puff Daddy in the beginning of that one song, he's like, bad boys, come out and play. Yes. Is that a parody yes. of that movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you that. You probably know, yeah, you probably know Puff Daddy. Can Alter you dig it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I've never seen it, though. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. pop culture references. You know, have heard it sampled on a hundred yes. different rap songs. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Dave, you have anything super to say about uh, the Warriors? No, man. When I think of the Warriors, uh, I remember seeing this movie with my dad late at night. Like, we would stay up on a Friday night, and he loved that movie. And then I would just watch it with him. And we probably saw it four different times over the course of growing up. And so when I think of that movie, I very, have very fond memories of that movie because I related to watching it with my dad. That's, that's fair. Santori, you got anything great to say about it, or you ready to move on? No, I mean, just it's another great classic. That's all I yeah. got to say. I mean, yeah, great. Uh, my, Dave, is anybody saying anything in the chat room? Has uh, Sean yeah, or your so, parents uh, jumped in? Rob Robert from Florida is in the house, and uh, he loves Warriors. Yeah, all right. Warriors is an absolute great movie. And what all up, right, Rob? kind of. I just want to say, give a child, Rob. That's that's probably your boy, huh, Mosantori? Yeah, man, that's my boy. Hi, Rob. Hey, Rob. Rob. What's up? Thanks for watching the show. Um, All right, all right, all right. Number fourteen or number thirteen? Dazed and confused. (laughs) Oh yeah. If you're if you got to give your stoner card away. If you have not seen Days and Confused, we will take that shit away from you until you right. have watched that movie. Right. This is it, we would have just shut off your camera had you not. It's uh, it's a good it's a it's a good stoner movie. It's a good stoner movie. This is the best, but no, it's very quotable. Not. It's a good one though. Very quotable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's one of those movies where when I saw it, I was like, yeah, okay, that that was a lot of people who will be famous later. Yeah, like I've never been like I need to go back and watch it, but I'm like, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Matthew McConaughey always entertaining. Yeah, young Ben Affleck being just an asshole. Right, (laughs) the one really regret is it's not okay to be a freshman. A freshman. Yeah, that that I actually hear uh, Batman saying Adam West. Yeah. Because a family We're guy is taking them, it. It's not okay to be a freshman. <laughs> it's that's the, but that's how pop culture just integrates in it. Um, Are you just getting over the fact that Chris just did a really great Adam West? Uh, He's a good, yeah, he does. That was good. I've never was, actually tried an Adam West. I'm gonna, I'm gonna that have to do great. that. Nobody, nobody he does good voiceovers and he sings really well. You should hear him do Rocky Horror Picture Show sometime. Can you do it in uh, Adam West's voice though? Adam, oh, see, I'll, I'll work on that. Ass Adam West. Yeah, Adam West. Yes. Frankenfurter. Um, <laughs> number twelve, a movie that I've definitely seen, but I don't need to see again. Repo Men. Who's seen Repo Men? Is, Is that the Charlie one? Sheen? It's Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez's Emilio. only movie together. Are they like garbage oh. men in an yeah. apartment building? Okay. I don't Wait, know why it's following. Who said no? We've all no, seen it. No. Men at work. Men at work is what you're thinking with Charlie. Yeah, you see a men at work. Repo Man has Emilio Estevez, but it's like a gang movie. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's, yeah. it's I wasn't aware that had a cult following. I wasn't either. Tell us about that. 
Tell us about that. The Emilio Estevez Repo Men movie. I am thinking of Men at Work. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I just know what it is. Yes. But I've seen, I've, I've seen it, and it's basically about him becoming a Repo Man, like really like repossessing cars, and it's it gets really bizarre near the end because that aliens somehow are are a part of it. I don't know why, but it's it's kind of dark and gloomy. But it's Emilio. Man. I actually haven't seen it. And you're right. I was thinking a minute work. I've been thinking about Okay, that. so wait. Now, is, Sant- is Santori the only one who has actually seen Santori Repo is the only so. one who's actually seen Repo Man. Right, um, I want to chime in. Right. Sean, our buddy Sean is handing in his stoner's card. He has not seen Days of <laughs> I can't believe Sean has never seen Days of Confused. You should only Wait. watch it once. Like, it's not, I mean, unless yeah. you find it hilarious. But um, just, just so, so you can have your stoner card back. Right, right. You definitely want to get your stoner <laughs> no, card back. Yeah. Right. You After this much time, Sean gets to keep it. He earned it. There you go. Yeah, you know. Number 11, Eraserhead. I've actually seen this movie. It's a weird movie. Once again, on my list. Was that just you and Santori saying yes on that one? Did you see that one? No. I think I'm the only one who's no. seen it. I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, one of one of those again a dystopian type futurey weird. David Lynch is just super. It's a David Lynch movie. I, I don't know yeah. how to describe it. Um, it, it. It's a it's. I was gonna say a non mainstream David Lynch movie, but that's pretty much all of them. But it's it's even it's, more non stream. Yeah, it's even yeah. it's it's super. It's the weirdest they, that they would let him get away with for something that would actually go to theaters. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Um, we're going to run through these top ten really quick. We're going to do the hands. If you have something to say about the movie, just kind of shout it out. Uh, okay. Donnie Darko. Okay, Nancy, you haven't seen it. No. So, there you go. Well, that's it. Next. Next. <laughs> we're moving on. To Donnie Darko's, yeah, okay. Uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the what? Paradise. It's a Brian De Palma film directed this 1974 film, essentially a rock version of Phantom of the Opera. It's uh, about a evil record tycoon, disfigured composer hellbent on revenge. And he makes a did anybody have their hand up? No, no I did not. No. That's another one I've heard of. <laughs> Never but, even heard yeah. of it. We've discussed this one already. The Evil Dead. The 1981 Evil Dead, the original. Everybody seen it? Dave, have you seen the original? Okay. Everybody saw Evil Dead. We're moving on. It's a great movie. We can have an entire Sam Raimi episode at some point. Uh, yeah. That'd be great. <clears throat> Pink Floyd, The Wall. You've never seen The Wall? It's just an album. It's a weird movie. Dave's never no, seen I would, the wall. Why? I haven't seen the wall, but I listened to it being stoned in your bedroom, watching a blue screen, a blue television screen, nothing on, but we were listening to it, stoned as fuck in your bedroom. <laughs> that works. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's uh, it, it's like Got a continual, It's a weird movie. There's a lot of weird parts in that movie. Yeah. But I have to um, say I'm surprised you haven't seen it, just for some reason absolutely. I thought. Because yeah. I know that you've seen... Uh, Dark Side of the Moon played up, synced up with Wizard of Oz because we did, uh, we watched that when we were tripping mushrooms. Yes, at my house. and you're the one that pointed out the little midget hanging himself. So it was a very dark time. Yeah, I know. I was it's a terrible thing to point out during a room night. <laughs> okay, Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude. I've actually seen this movie. I have not. 
No, but I want to see it for some reason. It, it's on the list again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically a super old lady and a super young guy, and it's a weird, weird movie. Uh, it's worth watching, kind of. Go mod. No, just kidding. That's, that's yeah. another one that I'm just surprised is, has a cult following. I'm like, I've heard of it, but right. I didn't know there were Harold and Maude aficionados out there. Cougars right. are a thing for a reason. This fulfills that <laughs> fantasy. Imagine how, we, imagine how weird that convention's going to be. Like the Harold and Maude <laughs> convention, you're, you're yeah. meeting like... Oh my god! Yeah, that's, that's that. That is a bunch. That is a bunch of thirsty older women right there. Uh, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and are the young say, guys? This is an age where at this point this movie's pointers. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Clockwork Orange. Oh, I actually really like that. Yeah. Sam, okay, Santor, you seen a Clockwork Orange? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, okay. sorry, right. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear See, what you said. I, I was surprised if you hadn't. <laughs> no, I've seen it. Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. hear what you said. Yeah, I've seen it. Now, and, and I will chime in real quick on that one. Has anybody here uh, read the book at all? No, I have not. Book is great. Oh, Nancy has. Okay, yeah, Nancy has. So Nancy knows. A Clockwork Orange. It's a great movie. It's one of my favorite Kubrick uh, films. The problem with it is, is uh, the American book and the movie, they changed the version, the uh, ending for the uh, American release. So spoilers, if you haven't read it or seen it. Uh, it Pause ends, now. Yeah. Okay, go uh, ahead. So the movie ends with our, pro- I don't even know if you can call Alex a protagonist, our main character, Alex, uh, basically going back to just, they're implying that he's going to go back to doing the old ultraviolence, his hoodlum ways. Whereas in the book, the final chapter, Alex grows up. He meets one of his old buddies who now has a job and a wife and a kid. And Alex decides he's going to settle down. The publisher would not let them release that in the U.S. because they're like, no, Americans would hate that ending. So it completely ruins the message of like, no, Alex eventually grew out of this and became an adult. Yeah. No, it is a little bit disappointing. But America doesn't... (laughs) We don't need realistic endings. No. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I would say, it's life uh, on Mars. We don't want to learn one. a lesson. <laughs> I'd say Clockwork Orange is probably the movie that holds up the least of all the movies <laughs> we talked about. Like, I don't think it holds up to this day. Like, ultraviolet, like, the whole uh, sexual assault scene with uh, that they committed. I mean, like, that doesn't really hold well, up. Well, you clearly haven't before. seen Harold and Maude. That's so weird so, because. I have not seen Harold and Maude. No, so. wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. As from the female perspective in a clockwork orange because i struggle with like violence and sexual assault scenes in certain types of films in clockwork orange i mean it's it's disturbing to watch but it's based on that character being a bad person and it's reinforcing why that person needs to learn this lesson so in that way i'm not saying the sexual assault is okay but the the showing of what type of character he is is important to, you know, learning how come he's growing in the book or, you know, growing less in the movie. But, oh, yeah. um, that's fair. but you know, what I would argue Especially- thinking actually was James, when you mentioned Dazed and Confused, the reason I won't rewatch it is because in 2020 after Me Too, there are some, there are some certain movies and Dazed and Confused falls into that category that I just can't mm-hmm. watch anymore. Overboard is another one with Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. It's a great movie, but if you rewatch it now, it really teaches some very bad lessons. So, yeah. 
But I, I get why you feel that way about this movie. But I, I don't know. For some reason, I think it's important for the character growth. Yeah, well, and it's and, and, and the crazy thing is that Alex in the movie, uh, as, as Nancy would know, is is sanitized. Yeah, Greatly he really is. Compared. He's way worse. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a dumb comparison, but sometimes there are things that are done in books that aren't translated into movies, like the Twilight series for some reason. Like, the main character, Bella, I can't remember, is it Bella? I'm super stoned. Bella Swan, she, yeah. Yeah, she has super funny inner dialogue, like thoughts mm. that you can't. So the movie doesn't do it justice. Like she looks moby, but she's thinking hilarious things in the book. That's what I always want to tell people. Like James will tell you when I read the book, I laughed out loud several times, and I don't yeah. like to admit that. It was hard to admit that. that is Whereas all. in Hunger Games, after a while in the books, I'm just like, oh God, Katniss, choose one of the boys. Uh, yeah, they they're good up until the the last one. It's interesting, <laughs> and then it's. Oh. Interesting. Okay. That was a week Sorry. of wasted. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. All right. So moving on to number four. Uh, we're going to go with Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Who's all seen Pulp Fiction? I find it to be slightly overrated on some different parts. I've seen better Quentin Tarantino. It's not my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie by a long shot. I don't think it's remotely that great quotable even. But I understand the calmness behind it. Argue. Fight me. Tell me I'm wrong about anything I just said. Anyone? Mm. I think it's great. I, it's one of my top Tarantino movies. Uh, my wife actually would say that's her top uh, Tarantino movie. Um, mm. But great. I think it's a great movie. I think number four is probably a really good spot for it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it, it's a great ensemble film. And uh, even though we got a lot of really poor uh, imitators after that, it's, I like that it let that kind of nonlinear style of film and it almost like a little bit more mainstream stories. yeah yeah like now that. unfortunately that means we have like crappy rom-coms for every holiday now following that <laughs> format <laughs> yes hey but leap year is a good one um leap year is great so we're gonna turn this up to 11 and say have you seen this is spinal tap i am ashamed that i have not <gasps> it's pretty funny. You know, I, have I've you seen, seen most of refer- have you seen the Simpsons episode where they reference yeah. this is the way they pretty much do this is Final Death. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I see, and I've seen most of uh what is it, Peter Guest? No, most of his Guest. other movies. Christopher, yeah, Christopher Guest. Guest. I've seen I've seen most of the other stuff. I've seen A Mighty Win, I've seen Best of Show. I've just somehow never gotten around to seeing Spider. R.I.P. Fred Willard, right. by the way. Yeah. Oh, he's oh. so great in those Christopher Guest movies. Yeah, sad to see him go. Yeah. Um, number two, The Big Lebowski. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't finish Talk it. Talk about so. a quotable movie. That was a You're out of your movie. element. <laughs> oh. I am not, I, you know what? I'm not as much of a lover of The Big Lebowski as other people are. See, it's a funny movie. I'm, I'm surprised to, say that, to hear that. It yeah, took no, me two or three times. I can see that. I've given it twice. I maybe the third time. Listen, and it it took me a couple times to watch Talladega Day Good Nights. The same thing with um, um what's his name? Movie. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't think it was as funny as the first time I saw it and uh Napoleon Dynamite. Maybe I need to go back to the I don't know but, why 
I love Napoleon Dynamite. I love Napoleon Dynamite. I, I love Thank Napoleon. you. High five, Dave. I like parts of it. Like, <laughs> Tina can get in small segments. Swiger. Discrimination between a tiger and a lion. It's like pretty much my favorite animal. Your mom goes to college. Santori. And it was so hot. I'm yes, sorry. Sir. Go ahead. Uh, Big Lebowski. What are you, you know? What do you think? Got a lot, got a lot of ins and outs, man. Got a lot to do. Yeah, it's a great movie. I liked it. I think they, I think John Goodman did a good part. He was really funny in that, and um, Jeff Daniels was good too. I, I liked it. I think it was a good movie. I think uh, I have to watch it and finish. Uh, we're it. at number, we're at number two. I'm kind of surprised that my uh, cult classics have not yet been mentioned. Do you think that any of them that I mentioned might let's be? Let's wait and one? see, and then you name it. This Rolling Stone, this is Rolling Stone, the reader's poll. So this is who wrote into Rolling Stone. But the number one call classic of all time. We already know. According to Rolling Stone readers is the Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. It made it all the way down to the end. What can be said? It's a great movie to see in a theater. I don't necessarily need to watch it at home. I would rather listen to the music without the movie playing than watch it at home. But if you offer me to go to a theater to watch that shit, I am there. Now, see, I, I have a better question, though. Who here has seen Shock Treatment? The sequel. Nope. That's because it's not as cold of a movie as Rocky Horror. You should watch it. Just Is it still uh, a musical? It's, yes, it uh, okay, I will add it to my list. <laughs> it's not great, but it's just it's the absurdity of it. Although with cult okay. classics, going back to uh, Rocky Horror, uh, Richard O'Brien, who wrote it and is Riff Raff, also in, and I'm sure Dave, Dave, I have a feeling you would have seen this one, also in another great cult classic, Dark City. Oh, yeah, great movie. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, yeah. Richard O'Brien is mm-hmm. Mr. Sleep. Creepy as hell. Interesting. So so with the call classic, James's game, Chris, do you have a call leader? Do you have a tally? Who's the call leader out of the five of us? All right. Let me – I have to do it. You tally that up. We're going to jump on. Uh, We're going to move away from call classics until Chris tells us who our call leader is. We're going to jump back to – we're going to pass up what you watched this week, Dave, so save something for next week. I have a lot, but I do want to talk about HBO Max. Um. What is it? Will you get it? Why or why not? Uh, I got it. I already got it. Streaming day one, I had HBO Max for two reasons. Every season of Doctor Who since Christopher Eccleston up to Jodie Whittaker's first season of The Doctor. And the not show, so late show with Elmo. <laughs> it's great. It, <laughs> that is all. Um, will you get it? Yeah. So I, my answer is yes, I will get it. Those are the two reasons I got it. HBO is going to have really good access to movies that it's, it's, it's a strong contender for things that aren't on the other streaming services. I trust HBO to produce great shows. And so I have much like Disney plus, I have to give them my money in their streaming service so they continue to do so. Dave, you were the one who put this down. Will you get HBO Max? What do you think? I'm going to hold off until the Justice League drops. The Snyder Cut. The, 
the Snyder Cut of yeah, Justice League? Because there's plenty of stuff out there to watch, and I don't need to drop another 15 bucks a month for something that I like. I don't use Disney Plus all that often. You know, I, I, I'll watch the occasional Clone Wars, and I'm not going to spend another like 15 bucks for something I'm not going to touch for until Justice League drops. See, I, I'm one of those people that like I've subscribed. I, I will give your uh, streaming service a pretty good shot if you have something that I'm interested in. I subscribe to DC streaming service. I know Chris did as well. Um, mm-hmm. CBS All Access because they have access to Star Trek shows. Uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, Survivor. Um, and so I will subscribe to these things. And so HBO... HBO doing a streaming service, they just got me. Way better than the Peacock streaming streaming service from NBC. I don't think – I also like to hedge my bets on places that will probably make it. And I believe HBO will absolutely make it uh, a pretty far away in the streaming world. They were the original paid uh, channel on cable TV, so I think they'll go pretty far. Uh, Chris, I know you're calculating. Can you calculate and give me an opinion on HBO Max? Um, I'm excited for the DC stuff beyond that. Like there's not a huge difference to me as far as what they're putting out there. It, the, the streaming services, they all kind of blend together at this point, but yeah, I'm excited to see the DC stuff like that. That's what's intriguing to me about it. That's fair. It's a, it's a good prize. It's, it's a good thing. They own, but they also own, um, every, uh, the studios that make Princess Mononoke and my friend uh, Turo. Yeah, they have a uh, whole section for those types of... For, for that, that specific film. For that specific um, uh, network yeah. or studio. I forget what it's called. Is it Studio oh, Ghibli? Studio, studio Ghibli? Yes. Yeah, they have, house, they have them all on there. Totoro, House uh, Moving Castle. They have their own page on HBO Max. Oh, okay. See, that makes me slightly more interested. Yeah. <laughs> and just for the record, for you wouldn't be interested normally, but that Elmo thing is amazing. I mean, it's only 20 minutes. It's not worth a whole service. But if you like it, watch that show while you're on there. Elmo was fun. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, Chris, we had a call leader yet? Um, No, I'm sorry. I got... Oh. Ghibli. Just up on there. Yeah, All right, you guys job. keep talking. Yeah. You have one job. Right? Yeah. It's because you have that inferior Hulk ran by Edward Norton behind you. Yeah, the you the 5 o'clock shadow on Edward Norton Hulk. is awful. If you look at that right. picture, that 5 o'clock shadow on Edward Norton is so fake. It's so bad. Yeah. Don't yeah. you talk don't about know. Edward Norton. He was so close to being like he could have been a contender and he just really kind of fell out. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do... You know what? We'll go real quick because Chris is still doing that, and I know he doesn't watch a lot of shows. Dave, you want to tell me something you watched this week? Because I knew you. I, I felt like you had something. Yeah. Uh, oh, I actually quick, do have um, one to add later. Uh, uh, real quick, Sean has uh, is also going to wait to hold off until the Snyder Cut comes out on HBO Max, and my folks okay. are in the house. All right. Hey guys. So um, the I've been waiting for this movie to come out because I've heard such good things. Uh, the Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Oh, the Blumhouse yes. movie. Fuck, it is so good, dude. It's such a good movie. I mean, it it, like the first half is like solid horror ghost movie. And then you find out the twist. And the other half is like great detective sci-fi kind of movie. It's really good. Okay. Really good. Okay. 
Nice. I really want to see that, but I'm also afraid that it could be disturbing in a lot of ways. And so it could be very disturbing. Yeah. yeah. But I want to see good. it. It's really good. I just gotta be in the right mode. On the flip uh, side, Santor- oh, I was gonna say on the flip side, I watched uh, Space Force, which is the new movie or the new uh, show on Netflix from Steve Carell and uh, Greg Daniels uh, from The Office. Mm. And Ooh. it was pretty disappointing, to be honest. It was it was funny, but not oh. like you expect office level funny from those two and it comes out and it's like yeah it's kind of funny and it's getting panned on reviews man i think steve Carell runs into a problem of i can't say that since being michael scott he has done anything as notable as michael scott and no, has, he, he has no but he was incredible in uh I lost a uh, morning show on Apple yeah. TV. He was so mm. great on that show. Uh, and I, he was great in the big short. I mean, that's my favorite performance of him is the traitor in the big short best Steve Carell performance. I actually think he's been good in everything I've ever, I haven't seen him in a lot. He, of I was about to say, of like office. he was great in uh, little miss sunshine as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. I've never seen See, him and been disappointed. Well, I, think I was wrong about that. completely. <laughs> If but it's see, an attempt like, of him being a new version of Michael Scott, yeah. I can see why it would be disappointing. Yeah. Well, in Space Force, for me, I still want to see it because, like, that to me, even from the previews and just looking at the cast, I'm like, I'm not going in expecting, like, a very, to use the Simpsons thing, a funny haha show because I'm like, Malkovich and Steve Carell, I'm like, you can go either way. The, the problem is, you don't know yeah. if it's a parody show or if it's like uh alternate universe kind of show like i mean they changed the names of like trump and pelosi and all that uh, but yeah. you know it's a direct it's a direct um show like based off of trump you know so is it yeah. too it on you don't know nose? if it's parody or not you don't i'm sorry was is it, it f- is it like too on the nose for being yeah, subtle it, okay yeah it's pretty on the nose Okay. So like, hmm. but it, it is still funny. You get some laughs, and Steve Carell is always great. And he does this great dancing to Kokomo from the Beach Boys, and so I'm not spoiling anything. It's really funny. It's a really funny scene. Okay, there you go, uh, Chris. You said you wanted to say that you watched something this week. Yes, and I, actually, and I will say before I do that, uh, you managed to edge out at the end, James, with 19. Uh, the total there. That makes sense. I am the cult leader. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you know. What was everybody else's numbers? Where was everybody uh, else at? You, you had Santori right behind you um, okay. at 17. Uh, myself and Dave at 16. And we had Nancy at 15. So all all pretty well-rounded there as far as our cult films go. Yeah, so, over the 50% it, mark. Uh, all of us. Yeah. Of the 25, we're, we're, far, you know, we're well over. Yeah. You know? Um, no, for me, and I, I've only watched uh, the uh, first two episodes so far, but started watching uh, Upload on Amazon, and really enjoyable so far. Yeah, it, good is that the one with Robbie Arnell? You're the third person I've heard that from in like two days. Yeah, so. it's it's uh, with Arrow's brother. I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I just think Arnell, I'm like yeah. the more handsome of the two Arnells. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's lighthearted, but. Because I mean, it just because of the uh, oh, 
the story of the show where it's an afterlife and you can get uploaded in there and it's a comedy show, but you, you get the black mirror elements just by virtue of it being that type of story, but even with it being lighthearted and like positive when they do have those moments of like satire or commentary, they are incredibly, incredibly biting and dark and this cheerful show that if you're not really paying attention sometimes, it's like, oh, that's just, I, I don't know, I'm liking it because it's very cheery. But if you look at some of the jokes they're doing and some of the commentary they're making, it's this horribly dystopian world that they're building in this like happy, bright, and cheerful show. And I, I'm liking it so far. Interesting. Well, and like you, you are the second person that has uh, recommended yeah. that. I think our buddy DW and his wife. Yeah, yeah, and then well, DK actually mentioned it recently, yesterday. Yeah. Well, a lot of our it's one of those people we keep around here. Yeah. A lot of our D initial name friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and like so far, just from the first two episodes, <laughs> and I mean. Uh, Good places, obviously, in a league of its own, but it's in that same style of show, which I think you're going to see okay. as a trend for a little while now of a bit more philosophical, maybe a show with like a, a question for for lack nice. of a better term. But yeah, where well, it's I, funny and it's like, here, we're, we're actually going to look at something, which I didn't, it's another one of those connections I hadn't made until now, but I imagine that's a result of something like The Good Place and something you'll probably see other shows do where it's, here's a setting, but give you something to, to think about as well. A linear story for sitcoms is really what I felt The Good Place kind of did is a... Uh... Ep- episodic, not a not a there a standalone. It's episodic. It's telling a a story over a season, right? Oh well, yeah, and it's doing it over a season. But what I was talking about is more like uh, it's that was a good place that there was such a philosophical focus on there. Uh, okay, and yeah, that 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 upload seems like it's going to have some of those types of themes, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you might see that kind of coming around for shows for a little while now after the good place of. Like I said, a, a show with a question at that point. Huh, I like I like the concept of that. Um, guys, we have ran a really long show right now, longer than I really thought we were gonna end up doing. Uh so we're gonna run around, we're gonna do some quick plugs and we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Uh and we'll talk about a little bit more stuff next time we get together. I'm gonna go the reverse way, Dave. You're gonna do the final plug. Uh Chris, anything <laughs> to plug this week? Uh <laughs> Uh, now just uh, check out uh, Nerd Corner on Twitch, twitch.tv uh, slash nerd underscore corner. I'm going to be trying to get uh, some VR streams up this week. Um, Got to get through the schoolwork, though. It's the main thing right yeah. now. But, yeah, check that out. And, yeah, that, that's where you can find me. Otherwise, I just appear on random stuff here and there. So there you you, you'll, see, you'll see me around. If not, I'll see you. Truckee Specific supports Truckee Specific supports school. <laughs> Truckee Specific. So, Truckee specifically supports specifically Truckee Specific. Yeah. <laughs> so do that, and and we 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 have to see the nerd corner come back. Nancy, what about you? You have anything to promote? Just continue to check with my high podcast for upcoming updates. There you go, Santori. We're going to move on to you. Um, we got. I know your your shit went down last week, man. I know that you don't have uh, 
a podcast to promote like you did before? Uh, at this moment, no, but I still have Facebook, Sanctuary Facebook. So if you uh, want to check me out, you might see me do a couple live things. Maybe. Yes. In the future. But yeah, so I might start be doing that. And then, um, yeah, and um, hopefully. We talked uh, about a project. We talked about a project. Yeah, no, yeah, you and I got a project coming up. And then, like, hopefully when um, I get back to Colorado, uh, I'll pick up something. But uh, for right now, um, just Facebook. And I just want to say, uh, Thanks. Thank you guys for having me on, and uh, to my Minneapolis family and friends. I just want y'all, you know, I want you to stay safe and uh, everyone be good to each other. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely, brother. We're happy to have you anytime. Uh, Dave, what what are, you, what are you plugging up this week? All right, I got a episode of the Racing Space. I don't know. Chris, every time you talk about my plugs, Chris loses it a little bit. So I don't know. If you're not. Just the way James. Is. <laughs> what? I don't know what he's talking don't about. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. I'm just here. So you race through space. All right, the, the Racing Space Read Along podcast is going to drop probably tomorrow. I just recorded that. Um, and I have a short story coming out, a uh, horror-related COVID-19 horror story that I'm going to be hawking on all my sites that I – and attached to you, so keep an eye out for that. Nice. Chris, is that a giant picture of Edward Norton? No. It looks like it, yeah. It is. Uh, it is. I can see from his <laughs> eyes. But at least you're not in his balls like Dave was with Roy Disney earlier today. Um, so here's my big promotion. Uh, we have James the Giant Country. You're going to see the YouTube uploaded version later. My jokes will make more sense in there. A lot of things are happening, guys. I'll be doing a lot more James and Giant Country from this new studio background, actually. Um, other than that, keep an eye out for what's coming on. Check out the Nerd Corner. Check out uh, Trucky Pacific and everything Dave has coming out. Dan Tori and I are working on a show. Nancy has something coming down the pipeline, I believe. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can reach us at on Facebook at Mile High Podcast and at Trucky Pacific. If you want to reach us on Instagram, uh, who DK, we're actually going to put in charge. People don't know this, and I haven't talked about Dave, but none of us are doing anything, and she volunteered. She's going to do our social media on Instagram. We'll see how that works out. Uh, but DK, if you, want to, if you want to see us on Instagram, uh, it's at Mile High Podcast, and our Twitter is at High Podcast. Uh, that's P-O-T-Cast. Uh, our email is milehighpodcast at gmail.com and truckypacific at gmail.com. And the most important thing, if you like what we do here, like and subscribe, do all that stuff that you're supposed to. You should but hit also the bell. give us and the, click the bell to be notified when we make new videos. One of these two areas. Um, but give us money because money makes us happy. <laughs> and the way to make us happy is to give us money here at uh, Venmo, uh, at Mile High Podcast, and at Truckee Pacific. Uh, both of those places, we thought, hey, what if so many people tried to give us money that it gets backed up? We clearly need two different versions on how to get money. So reach out to us. I'd like to thank people in our chat room who showed up. It's always fun. I like doing this live now. We're going to get more people coming in and uh, communicating. So for everybody out there, thank you for tuning into the My Life Podcast, and we will see you again soon. Be good to each other. Be good to each other. This has been a Truckee Pacific production. 
For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com.